Hello. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Growth Mind State. Uh, I'm Anthony Thompson here with Robert Catrota, here to open up and educate as much as possible with everything that we know, uh, just personal knowledge and every you know, try to talk about the news and current events of the week. Uh, here with April. Just say hello. Hi, I just want you to you introduce hello. yourself. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's just good to, to let everybody know like what you do and um, just where you're coming from. Yeah, so I'm a nurse um, and currently working as a, a program manager for the school health program in Buncombe County in North Carolina, uh, doing a lot of work to support the health department with COVID-19 case investigations. So pretty much all COVID all the time right now. Nice. Which is which is today all it's a lot of lot of COVID. Um, if you've noticed from the last couple of weeks, we've actually tried to stay away from doing it's all COVID stories. But this week is so strong with stories that it's it's unfortunate that we have to bring it up. We have to bring up that with 300,000 people have officially passed away from known coronavirus. I mean, and these are the important things, like a small caveat with that these are people that we are saying that we know for a fact died of COVID. And there's a bunch of people that we believe will probably died of COVID as well. Um, the French president Macron having COVID and even Biden's top advisor having COVID. Um, those are kind of the light stories in, in this fold. Uh, so I'm just going to start with just asking about how you feel about like just the, the clear outbreak that we're having and almost emotionally just how you feel about it not even just you know by the numbers yeah thanks for saying that because i'm a numbers person i'm very science-minded so i tend to throw around a lot of statistics um so that's where i was gonna go but instead i will go with um exhausted basically you know we see and hear all the time you know people still continuing to gather um and i get it because it's the holidays and it's tough to not see people that you care about um but from a public health perspective it's also really tough to just see you know your news feed on social media covered with people, you know, clearly having these large gatherings and no masks and um, no visible safety precautions and just, you know, from the perspective of someone who's been doing case investigation, which means that I talk to people who do have a lab confirmed case of COVID-19 and find out their history, their close contacts, um, just seeing how quickly it can spread. Um, it's just, yeah, a little overwhelming at the moment. Um. I was actually, this is very interesting because this is kind of a, a jump off. Um, London and much of, much of the South and East of England uh, just turned to the highest tier of their advisory warnings. Um, and it, the, you know, the articles that we have have this. So why is coronavirus rising in parts of that part of England? One factor seems to be a new strain, which has shown up in England's genomic surveillance in the past two months. The strain contains a number of mutations that has been detected in parts of the South where cases of the virus are rising fastest, according to the health secretary there, uh, Matt Hancock. Um, I, I don't want to like put any fear in anyone, but should we even worry about that? Is, or is it just generally that the mutations are a variation that happens normally and that you know there's one in the east in the west here 
Yeah, so um, I would say that the variations are normal. It's not unexpected um, to see a virus mutate over time. And I think that what we have seen so far with this particular variant is that it seems to be a lot more transmissible, like more contagious, but it's not causing more severe illness. Um, and there's also good reason to believe that it will respond the same way to these COVID-19 vaccines that we have. So I don't think that it signals like a new chapter in this pandemic that we're really going to struggle with other than just the sheer numbers um, that we're seeing as a result. We're setting records too nowadays. They said what, 3,600 the other day people died in the U.S.? Yes, daily, <laughs> daily thousands of people um, are dying. And like you said, uh, you know, it's these are the cases that we know about. These are people who have had lab confirmed COVID. I'm also talking to a lot of people who test negative but are presumed positive because of their symptoms and exposure. Um, and then we have people that never go for testing at all but end up with these really serious cases. So, yeah, and not to sound, you know, all doom and gloom. Um, I think there is some reason to be hopeful. Um, I personally am really hopeful that the Biden administration is going to change some things in terms of our federal response. I think having a coordinated national response will be a big deal. Um, and of course, the vaccines are sort of like a scientific miracle, <laughs> if you can use such a term. So. <clears throat> Yeah. And from somebody with so little faith in the actual next administration, I actually, this is some, the one thing I do have faith, is that this is the one thing that they want to get done. And, they, you know, they, they've got to hang their hat on this one. Like, we, we got out of a massive pandemic, and they're, not, they're at least hoping to find a way to not have it run to a recession. Um, a lot of the next stuff is more, like, by the numbers and, like, jobless numbers and stuff like that. Um, so that's one thing. It's just good to have one thing that I do have faith in, the, in this administration about. So great. We're going we're gonna to go to the U.S. jobless numbers. Unfortunately, uh, 885,000 claimed uh, as layoffs in the, uh, in the past week. About another 885,000 Americans filed for the first time unemployment benefits last week, the highest level in three months. Weekly jobless claims increased by 23,000 from 862,000 the last week. That came alongside a rise at 40,000 in claims for federal pandemic unemployment insurance. The PUA that many of us are getting, which is something that, for instance, uh, some of us unemployed or self-employed, it, it's, it's all the same right now for some of us, um, are, are doing right now. Um, and these are the first time numbers. So this is, does not come to the full number of about 5.51 million Americans, Americans actively collecting state jobless aid as of December 5th, which is only a decrease of 273,000 from a week before. Um, economists are, have cautioned that this could be driven by the exhaustion of benefits by some of the unemployed workers rather than by finding new work. So basically you just ran out of your benefits, not that you know the numbers and i i this is only important because the the next video that we're going to show is of bernie sanders doing something what some people would say is not is performative but it's actually necessary to have somebody on the floor saying here we are you're we i asked for way more but you're not going to get it <laughs> but i'm going to keep trying i'm going to keep talking about it um do you, I, I would love to see what you guys think about this first, but yeah, but before we go to the clip. Do you want to, oh, well, 
uh, my opinion is is um it's a little too late. They should really give us way more money than they're they're already proposing. First, they're, the Republicans are talking about not giving us anything and just giving money to corporations. And then Bernie's talking about he wants twelve hundred instead of six hundred. And uh, in reality, twelve hundred isn't is a drop in a bucket, right? It's not really anything. It's not gonna you know last long when people have the housing crisis mm -hmm. and and everything else that's going on. Uh, a lot of people aren't working. It just seems like, you know, and, and with the Senate situation, you know, if we don't win those seats in the Senate, then we're definitely not going to have anything. If they keep prolonging everything now up until that point, uh, what's going to end up happening is is they're eventually going to say, okay, well, we lost the Senate seats. Let's say the Republicans lose. Well, we can't afford anything. Well, if they win, they're going to say we can't we can't afford anything or whatever, assuming that they, they, they win. Uh, and if they, they lose, you know, it still feels. I still feel like they're still going to shortchange people. Um, you know, Biden's talking about the six hundred dollars is just a de, you know deposit. That's what they kind of use the term as. It's it's something to keep people going until he gets into office. But this just I don't know if they. I don't think they're going to do anything from from. I really don't think that anything's going to happen financially for anybody uh, at this point. And I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just a pessimist or whatever the term is, but. I feel like at this point, it's like they've been prolonging so long, it just doesn't seem realistic that they're going to do anything. But I don't know. How do you feel? <laughs> I was just going to quickly I, I say, that. Oh, go ahead. No, no, please go, April. No, go ahead. Oh, no. I oh, was I was just going to. Uh, really... <laughs> 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 no, we just did it. No, no, no. But I was gonna, all I was going to say is that you hit on a great line about Georgia. They are hanging their head on the Senate race. Yep. Please go, April. Yes. <laughs> no, I just was going to say, I think it kind of um, illustrates, you know, all along, my thought has been that there's been this sort of false uh, choice between the economy and people's health, right? Like either we can all be safe and we're going to crash the economy, or we can all go out and do whatever we want and our economy will be fine, but people will die. And I think that, you know, a lot of smart people have said for a while that the coronavirus was going to tank the economy one way or another. And if it's not from lockdowns, it's from the fact that so many people are sick, that businesses can't stay open, that people are scared to go out. And so I think a lot of this rising, you know, um, unemployment and stuff is really a result of just the, you know, real world effects of COVID. That's what I was going to say. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, it, should we? I guess we should just go through the details real quickly. It's a nine hundred billion dollar total package. Just before we go into Bernie Sanders, because he said this before it got passed, which is only today. It's important to note that all of this actually went down today officially. Um, it's about six hundred payments to adults earning up to seventy-five thousand. So that's a real gap too. This is something that we're not even talking about. There are people who live under a thirty thousand, forty thousand dollar margin that really should be given extra money at this point. And while everybody, while there's a tear coming down, but we're not even talking about that. We're just talking about people over like under 75,000. As if, if you had $60,000 most a year and you're still working, you're okay right now. Yep. You're not, you're, it's not, it, I just want to make sure that people understand that there's tears that we should have adjusted this to and we haven't done that. Um, just wanted to say restart enhanced unemployment for 300 weeks for 11 weeks. It's only 11 weeks, uh, 284 billion for businesses restart the PPP, which is problematic to me, uh, expand eligibility for nonprofits, uh, newspapers, radios, and TV broadcasters, which I am afraid, even though that is my business, 
that that is just going to the top first. It's going to go to your ticket masters. It's going to go to your live nations. It's going to go to these companies that are not necessarily going to look out for the people who are the lower tier workers. Right now, they're going to just try to hold that money for as long as they can until their seasons, their, their own seasons, festival seasons, concert seasons can begin again. They're going to um, pocket, they might pocket that, you know, as well. They might not ever see any business because of like all the live streaming that they're doing now. You know, there's a lot of things that are changing. And a lot of these, I don't want to say old fogies in uh, the Senate and the Congress think that they know the right direction and where to spend the money. And in reality, things are changing so fast, <clears throat> excuse me, that, um, you know, like look at um, Disney. They're doing all the stuff with the Mandalorian and all these other things where people are streaming like they, I don't know how many new series that they came out with but it looks like like five or six new series or whatever that they're all going to stream straight to Disney um you know the their, their um it's you know 10. It's, it's 10, 10. Oh, okay <laughs> excuse me <laughs> it's like I know, 10 it's That's, ridiculous. you know like it's, it's, it's a lot 10. all right so there's 10 new series right and it seems like for every every single character they've ever existed they have a new series for right they're not taking that to the theaters. The same thing uh, with, um, you know, Wonder Woman and all that other stuff. Everything's going to, and it's throwing off uh, uh, AMC and all that other stuff. I, I know it's another topic, but but it's like they're giving money to people in, in industries that may or may not last, right? And they're not giving any money to the people. So the people can't, they can't even spend the money. You know, it's not going into pockets where they can spend it. And it's because it's going to end up getting spent anyway. They got to pay for rent. They got to pay for food. They got to pay for all these different things that they're not even able to do now. So, okay, don't give it to them. Let them starve to death. And then what happens? What ends up happening is, is um, these people have nobody, they'll, they'll have a, a, a low demand because nobody will have the money for it, but they'll have high supply, you know what I mean, at this point. They're going to have all this these businesses with money, and, and nobody will have the money to pay for it, you know what I mean? So it, it's just, it's, it's ass backwards, you know, they're doing it backwards. They need to give the money to the people. They need to, they need to um, allow them, you know, some free health care, and they also need to, you know, in order for everything, like, it's a loss, it's an investment in the people, but that's not how this country runs, you know. Capital, capitalism doesn't look at things that way. They look at it, you know, profits over people all the time. And and that, it, to me, it's sinful. But what are you going to do, right? You know, that's that's how it is. And and these are the ones paying our politicians to make these decisions. You know, these these lobbyists and whatever else. I don't want to sound conspiratorial, but it just doesn't make sense. Why would you not give the money to the people? You know, the people are the ones that are, that need it the most. You know, but. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It depends on what your goal is. And I would say that a lot of people in that at that level of government, their goal is not actually to help the people. Yep. So therefore, you know, <laughs> yep, yep, we get what yep, we get. It can't be conspiratorial when a bunch of people took, took out different stock, basically t sold and uh, bought stock on the back of knowing about the coronavirus. I think you, you have to understand that they're politicians, but they're also rich politicians. <laughs> there's, there's not many poor politicians. You got a billionaire telling and they people. Have amazing health care, you know, mm -hmm. excellent free health care for yes. all of our elected officials um, at the highest levels of government. You know, when we have people who get COVID and they can immediately be rushed, <laughs> you know, for the, they're getting, the most they're getting shots. treatment. <laughs> they're getting worried. shots right yeah. now look at look at these people they're like covid yes. doesn't exist this is not dangerous well why why is pence getting a shot then why are all these people getting shots if they don't believe it 
I'm like that. That's unbelievable. And then their 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 um cult followers are still like, oh, you know, this, that, and whatever. I like, I get into arguments with people every day. I try to make it discussions, but it ends up in arguments because I lose my mind talking to some of these people on Facebook and, and social media because they make absolutely no sense. It's like they're so insensitive. They're like, well, somebody today gave me the, the, the um, a conversation talking about, well, these are older people. Like, the life expectancy of people are 78, you know, in the United States or whatever it is, and those are the people that are are threatened to die, and you know, with COVID and this, that, and whatever. I'm looking at them like, that's somebody's grandparent you're talking about. That's somebody, you know, that, that they love that, that you're talking about that may have lived another five years, but because they caught COVID, they died. You know what I mean? But but that's not important to you. Five years of your life isn't let let you die five years earlier than you would like to. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to live as long as they can, right? But because they're old, they they you know they're they're the sacrificial lambs, right? You know they're able to to die. In it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable, and, and it, it pisses me off that people in this country are that selfish. And most of the people that are selfish like this aren't rich. You know, it's one thing if you're rich and you see, like, the benefit of being this type of way. Like, I can see politicians and billionaires and millionaires doing whatever they do. But then you got these idiots that are cult followers that, 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 that are sitting there and they're, they think they're part of the crew. And they're not, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they don't care if, 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 if you know, these people die or not, you know. And, you know, just because they're lucky enough to have caught it and maybe survived, there's some people that have caught it. And like, oh, it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Okay, well, you're lucky that you didn't die. There's some people that, that happen to be sick that are young that die. You know, what if it's a child that dies? You know, I'm sure children are still dying. I'm sure, you know, if they're, they're, they're ill, you know, but it just pisses me off, man. It's And then, like, with the health workers, like, for as yourself, for instance, you know, the fact that you got to deal with this and it's, like, no sympathy towards what you're doing, that you're putting yourself on the line to help other people, and they're not doing their part to try to lessen the blow on you. You know what I mean? That that pisses me off even more. I'm like, just just let's all shelter for a while and lower the you know the the curve or whatever. But no, they don't want to do that. This country is entitled to their freedoms. They they you know it's like they say it's like slavery or jail for them. You know if they have to stay home, uh, try death. I mean, you know? can I can I cut in real quick? Because yeah. you you did say an important thing. Um, we're going to go to it in, in a second, but at least 1.6 million youth have been affected, infected uh, and 8,000 have been hospitalized. 162 have died from the virus. So mm. it is a misnomer to think that they, they're not affected. They're not affected in the same way an adult is. That's the only thing we know. And I will just throw out there that from my personal experience, there's a reluctance um, or um, I guess they're, they're less eager to test children than they are uh, adults and older folks because there's this idea that it doesn't make children as sick. It's not as big of a deal. So mm -hmm. I actually think when we get on the other side of this that we're going to find that cases in children have been significantly underreported. Yep, 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 yep. It's unbelievable. This whole situation pisses me off. And it's crazy because it's got to the point where it's like you could predict what they're going to do. Like, it's like, you know they're not going to do much, right? It's like you would think that they would go above and beyond, but it's gotten to the point where now you can predict, no, they're not going to do anything. You know, I, I told people months and months ago, when's the stimulus? People used to say, stimulus is coming, stimulus is coming. There's people on YouTube. There's this one guy that I think made almost a million dollars on making YouTube videos about COVID. You know, and, and like how the stimulus check is coming and it's coming and all his videos are videos about how, how it's going to be here soon and it never came. So this guy made money on YouTube and I'm not mad at his hustle, whatever, but he's making money off of people 
that never received the stimulus, but people are so desperate that they're watching these videos to see what's happening because they're, you know, they're not taking the time to actually go out and protest or get upset or whatever. They want to, I mean, they're upset, but you know what I mean? They're not going out and talking to representatives or doing anything to actually like do anything. They just want to know where, where the status is and their, their, their sources are YouTube. And so this guy's making money. Other people are suffering. You know, I can't knock his hustle. He made his money, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's like, Yo, that's crazy. Like, like, how is it these people aren't getting? How are we not being helped by our government? We all pay taxes. We all struggle, and and they're not. That money's going to to, to the 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 one percent or you know corporations or whatever it is. And I don't know, man. Uh, it's I'm sorry. I, I'm going on. It's just uh, enraging. It's okay. Is it April? Do you have a reply before we go to the Bernie Sanders? I just want to hear Bernie Sanders once because I think that yeah. he is. He's our bellwether, unfortunately. He's just somebody who's going to be what we see as – I don't want to even call it just progressive because when we get we'll, – we'll talk later about Nina Turner. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting when we talk about progressives. All right. I'll, I'll cut over. Gotcha. My view does not go anywhere near far enough in terms of addressing our crises, and I hope that as soon as the Biden administration comes into office – they will address those deficiencies. Now, a week ago, 10 days ago, nobody here was talking about the need for direct payments, help for working families, despite the fact that that is the issue, the program that the American people most wanted. The proposal, as I understand it, provides uh, for a direct payment of $600, that is, half of what I wanted, uh, but it is a step forward, and I'm going to do my best to make sure that uh, we come as close to that $1,200 as we possibly can. I just want to say that $600 doesn't even pay for the extra room that's empty in my apartment. Let's just say that. Wow. There's a real housing crisis happening, and that doesn't even pay for that. No. So I I just love I love that somebody's actually just saying that he's he's dedicated to the process of trying to get us as much money as possible, not necessarily that you're going to get it. Um I think that's unfortunately the truth that we live in is that he I think when we had our discussion with like about Jimmy Dore and all of that, which has gotten much, much more insane since we started that, um it's what you can do in Congress that matters and why I actually am against him getting a, a role in the, in the cabinet. I think that he's a better as a Senator. So when you, it's just, it's just kind of a side topic, but this is the kind of things that you need. You need more senators who are willing to, to actually stump for these kind of issues. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to have a lot of those. I mean, I, I want Warnock and I want Ossoff to win. Yeah. They're not going to walk in there and they're not going to tell you, you didn't do enough. <laughs> like, I'm going to vote for this, but you didn't do enough. Nope. 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 I think Bernie Sanders has been, you know, telling it like it is, uh, for lack of a better phrase, for like 40 plus years. <laughs> and, you know, he's maybe one of the only... Uh, people that have maintained a career for this long in government and still talking about 
you know, the people and what people need and what's real and really important. Yep. Yep. One of the few. Yep. Probably the all like you said, the few. There's very, very few of them, period, right? Like if you think about it, it's oh man. It's crazy. Like there's not enough. There they're progressive voices out there. But you know, God forbid they raise their voice. Look what they they did to AOC. They kept her out of that meeting that they had, or they had like some sort of vote recently, right? Um, that was a hard topic not to committees. go to. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, God forbid you say anything, you know, all of a sudden you're you're locked out, you know. So, yeah, that's. So I hate to do this, but doesn't this go right back to the whole the argument that people are having within the left this this leftist wing? about Jimmy Dore and forcing the more, the Emma uh the Medicare for all vote it's he she literally got locked out in a like a lockdown midnight meeting so that she couldn't get a committee role and she has enough power to bring a forced vote that's not going to pass like it it, it only infuriates me because it's like she's getting slapped by both sides of the aisle for no reason and like that's that's what irritates me not the idea of going voting for medicare for all because we all should be for medicare for all but that's that's not how congress works unfortunately and if you need to like work within the system some of us are not capitalists but we work within the capitalist system right so we have to think of our minds in that way i think april has something to say oh no i don't i was just thinking you know the <laughs> the kind of challenge of you know can you actually do good within a corrupt system and i don't know i mean is it better to not engage at all and not lend it any legitimacy or is it better to say you know what this is what we're stuck with so i'm going to do what i can while i'm here um and i think that's really hard <laughs> that's a hard path to take uh, part of me says i want um them to force the vote because I think that, like, if not now, when? You know what I mean? That mentality. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they shut you down. They'll put a wall in front of you. And the next thing you know, you're shut out totally, you know? So it's like we've made progress. But, like, you know, what 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 is worth risking? You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the question, I feel. Like, should you risk it all and, and try to do something? Like, part of me says yes. And then the other part of me says well, if you do that and you can't get other people in, then we're screwed for a longer period of time. So I just want more and more, you know, progressives to get elected so that we can start changing the, yes. you know, the, the tide. But well, at the same time, it's it's like, I don't even know if that's even possible for like the next 20 years, right? Like it's going to take at least another 20 years for it to be significant. That's what, that's what I feel, maybe at least 20 years. And they've already convinced... Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, I... No, I'm sorry. I just was going to say, I just think it, if this pandemic did not convince us that employer-based healthcare is not the way to go, then I don't know what will. Yeah, you got pe regular old people like the MSNBCs and CNNs and uh, Fox News and all these other people saying that it's not doable. So it's already convinced people to think that, oh, we can't afford this. We can't do that. But yet we could spend trillions on co corporations and everything else. But they can't put, you know, two and two together. There seems like a lot of people in this country don't understand that the money is definitely there if they wanted to. They could take money out of the military and do all sorts of things. But it's more profitable for us to keep our power and, and, and money for the country for us to keep doing things, you know, as is. Uh, I was watching 
you know, something I think it was on Democracy Now or whatever it was uh, earlier today, and they were talking about was it Democ- it was a different ch- channel, but I watch a lot of you know independent news. They're basically saying it, they'd rather you know create bombs and, and and weapons and everything else, sell the weapons and whatever else, and not you know and store it and you know even um was it they said military stuff. Yeah, the military stuff. They they'd rather store it in military bases and all of this stuff, so we could pay for for the storage of things that aren't aren't being used. But they wouldn't do that for like medical equipment, um, like like masks and 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 things that that could have prevented this from getting worse, because it's not profitable. You know, like for this country, they they feel that it's 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 better for us to be at war and 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 do things that aren't necessarily beneficial to the individuals in this country then then um then stockpile things that could be preventative which is ridiculous and they, they, they were talking about how that's how capital capitalistics and and empires fail because what they end up doing they invest all their energy into material things that aren't relevant to keeping society going meaning like uh you know the infrastructure and all that other stuff um because they're still making profits elsewhere you know it's like they're ne- negligent uh to the things that really should matter you know what i mean and it's crazy, man. I mean, it's in, it's important to like state that in this is an August seventh article um, that I I found up, but this is they paid about the White House paid about five hundred million too much for a, from ventilators for a company from citing evidence of fraud, waste, and abuse. A congressional subcommittee investigating the federal government purchase of six hundred forty six point seven million dollars worth of Phillips ventilators has asked the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Officer of Inspector General, <laughs> that's quite a name, uh, to launch its own investigation of the deal. Uh, so basically, they tried to have a deal with the government. Phillips had a deal with the government, which is a Dutch company. Um, and then they sold the ventilators across in, in internationally for a cheaper price. And then they asked the government for four times the amount for ventilators. Right. So I'm a little confused. Could you, could, uh, you lost me a little bit there. So what did they do? So, like... so they basically took a deal from the government in March and April. Mm-hmm. And they, were, they did not, they, they sent the ventilators out internationally for a price. And then when they asked, the government finally asked them to give them cheap ventilators, they were like, we'll do it for four times the price. So that's about $646.7 million. So when we're talking about that coming out of the billions or millions of dollars that we should be giving people in direct payments and et cetera, that happened in, it, this is going down the, the pipeline of the, of the court system. I'm sorry, I'm trying to read it at the same time. But these were low-cost ventilators, and it's to save people. And that wasn't our priority as a, as a government. So we have to remember that that's not how capitalism works. Capitalism is always to make as much profit first. Yep, yep, yep. Unbelievable, man. So you, are, you ready for the transition? The transition is the confidence in the vaccine. Some hope, some hope and some negative in uh, the confidence in the vaccine. It rose to about 60% confidence um, in research, in develop, in the, the process itself. Um, did you get those? Yes, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, falling behind. Like some of these articles that you're reading, I can't find. I, I think you're reading other things, but go ahead. 
Here we go. Yeah, I, I jumped ahead too, but you got it. So while public intent to get vaccine and confidence in the vaccine development process are up, there's considerable wariness about being uh, a, among the first to get a vaccine. 62% of the public. Oh, you sorry, got it. I switched, I, switched, I switched it. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. You got it. So 62% of the public says that they would be uncomfortable doing this. Just 37% would be comfortable. The new national survey by Pew Research Center conducted November 18th to 29th among 12,648 U.S. adults finds that amid a rising number of COVID-19 cases in the U.S., the public outlooks for the country has darkened. 71% say that they think the worst of the outbreak is still to come and 50, um, up to 59% from June. So we legitimately... <laughs> good. That's And actually... Yes. Thank you, April. <laughs> Thank you. Um, could, do you see that? Can you go down? There's one more graph there that is the one that is the most interesting to me. It's a little bit further down. It's at 71%. It's a little bit this further one. than that, I guess. This? That one. Yeah, it's this one. So just the differences in what people believe is already interesting. If you look, black people, unfortunately only have 42% trust in the vaccine. And I actually think that's high, given the history of our healthcare in this country, right? I mean, there's no reason to, you know, dive into all of the reasons that the black community would have this mistrust. But I mean, it's like, it's, it's valid, you know? It's also interesting that women are lower which is, I would not have seen that coming, but it seems to be, I mean, age is an obvious thing because if you're older, you're going to most likely want the vaccine or you're, you're at the, that's just makes sense to me. Um, but yes, there seems to be these gaps in certain groups of uh, people. I, I always wonder where, where they come from. I know where, the, I understand where the black community might be coming from, but it does worry me. Um, it worries me significantly because I think there are some cultural influences from people that um, dissuade them from taking the vaccine. And uh, there was going to be an article about how hip hop culture right now seems to be falling into that hole. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel that these people are artists and they're actually being more the artist head. They're not thinking even from just being black. They're not understanding. Some people understand that it's affecting their community and a lot of them see it as their intellectual curiosities coming outwards in their artistic expression. So they're not necessarily thinking about how it affects large groups of people. Yeah. What about, uh, what was it? Um, Fred the Godson died from it, you would think. You know what I mean? Some of these rappers would be like, well, you know, Fred died, maybe, you know. But no, of course not. You know, the, the, like a lot of it's like selfish thinking. I understand the fear aspect of it, but at the end of the day, it's just, I don't know, man. Like nobody, I, a lot of people, the government has lost our trust. The media has lost our trust. There's a lot of things that, that have happened um, recently that have proven, you know, to make it very difficult for people to want to like believe what they're saying and, you know, like, oh, are we going to be sterilized with this? Or, you know, all these crazy, you know, things that, you know, <laughs> but, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's so hard to just not to not read what the, it, these idiots think, like, for instance, that it gives them autism and all of these 
it, it's well, just pure anti-vaxxer stuff that is coming back and i yeah i know it, it hurts to watch people not and also not want to observe a lockdown because they believe that it's the control of the government which i've seen across the board i've seen that from people who are immigrants uh to the com- to the country and literally are doing well in the country or have the availability to move can do what they want to do with their lives um and they're they're anti don't trust the government never trust the government it's it and i think that is kind of a toxic thing to way to think about it because you don't think about the government as people you don't hold them accountable at the same rate and here's what i'll say don't trust the government but trust the scientists like this this vaccine development process was held to the highest standards you know there was definitely some concern um i think before the election that you know the administration was putting pressure on the fda to go ahead and approve the vaccine early because they wanted to have this win right and the fda basically was like no (laughs) you know we're going to wait until we know that it's safe and so you know the numbers of people i mean you know, in the Pfizer vaccine trial, you know, the phase three trial had like over 40,000 participants and for Moderna, it was over 30,000. So these are huge trials. And so I see a lot of people who have this mentality of like, well, I don't want to be the guinea pig. Like, I don't want to be the first one to get it. I'm going to sit back and see what happens. But the truth is we already had a bunch of guinea pigs, (laughs) you know, get the vaccine in the trials. And, you know, like I said, it really is as close as you can get to a scientific miracle in terms of it's super effective. um, And it's really safe you know I mean the the side effects um, are minimal Uh, and I think you know I've been a vaccine advocate for a very long time and so it's really frustrating to hear a lot of the anti-vaccine rhetoric because in general vaccines are one of the most you know well-studied well-regulated medical interventions that we have Um, but I think that you know when you're talking about any medical intervention but especially vaccines it's always a risk-benefit analysis Right, like we're never saying there's zero risk, but we're saying, what are you comparing it to? You can't compare getting a vaccine to not getting a vaccine. You have to compare getting a vaccine to getting COVID. Yep, yep. How, what about yeah. that whole Bell's palsy thing? Did you hear anything about that? Because I know there's a thing going around about the Bell's palsy stuff. Yeah, I think like four people or something. I mean, it was a very small sample size of people that got Bell's palsy, but also the general population gets Bell's palsy at a certain rate, right? And so I think that's the other thing that's tough to tease out is that anytime we have a trial um, or a study, we report all side effects that all of the participants report whether they're related or not, because we don't know if they are. So, you know, I think it was the Moderna vaccine where like one of the participants was like struck by lightning, like a few days after they got Mm. the dose or whatever. And so like, you know, you could report that, you know, they, they, I think they actually died. Um, And so, you know, some of this will show up in the data, but like, it's clearly not related. And then we have things where it's like, maybe they are, but But we don't know. And the other thing I think about vaccines that's important to say is you can't know what the long term effects are going to be until you've been immunizing, you know, a certain percentage of the population over time. So, I mean, yeah, it could be that there are some long term side effects we don't know about. I don't think that's likely. Um, But I talk to people that have COVID-19 and, you know, three weeks after they first got sick, they still can't get up and walk to the kitchen for a glass of water without getting out of breath. 
You know, we have people that have um, long-term now cardiac damage, you know. Um, I've read some schools actually are requiring athletes, student athletes, to get signed off by their physician before they participate in sports after they've had COVID because of the risk of damage uh, to their heart. And so I just think, you know, we have to look at what does it look like if you get COVID and you may not die, but you may develop a chronic health condition that you're going to have for the rest of your life, you know. So I'm all for the vaccine, obviously. I'm like, sign me up whenever it's my turn. I will be first in line, no question. Well, we just got our first angry, angry posting. And uh, I'm not even going to respond to it. But let's just say that they're expecting... uh, Let's just say it's it's somebody saying that I should just take the vaccine and die. So... Wow. Welcome Where to was America. It, was this on Twitch? Where was this on? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. that's, that's a, a, welcome to the anonymity, anonymity on the internet. What kills me about it is, is, okay, you have that opinion that, that shows how ignorant people are. They're like, take it and die. Like the, the, the things that people say, I'm like, okay, fine, dude. If you don't want to take it or, or do whatever it is, that's your prerogative, right? It's your choice or whatever, right? But for you to tell somebody to take it and die, I'm like, what kind of stupidness is that? Like, that's, that's just, well, I don't, oh my God. I, I, have, I have respect for you guys, like, existing in this digital space all the time because it really causes me a lot of anxiety. Um, and, I, you know, when I spend too much time on social media, <laughs> because people are so empowered to say things, they would never say that to your face, I hope, right? I mean, if I'm having a conversation with someone, I'm not going to say, well, you know, good luck with that. You're probably going to die. You know, and probably these people wouldn't either, but because it's the internet, you know, it's that, the, you know, endlessly uh, repeated that, you know, people say what they want uh, without consequence. Just, and I mean, these that, are real people, wow, wow, you know? Wow. No, I mean, I am not offended because I, that's, it's great because I'm also not offended because I have no idea who this person is. So it, it's different than if it was a real person or somebody with some facts or whatever. If they had some, something that like was really like, oh, look, this is completely would change your mind. And then they are like, oh, well, you're ignoring me. But I, it's none of that. It's just literally I'm angry and I'm telling you that you're wrong. You're just wrong. So bye. So, so I'll just put in a plug here, too, um, for anybody who might be looking for reputable sources of information about the vaccine. Um, and, you know, the anti-vax crowd gets a little bit um, angsty about Dr. Offit. But Dr. Paul Offit is a pediatrician. Um, he's a professor. Um, he's done a lot of research. He actually was one of the co-inventors of one of the rotavirus vaccines. Uh, so he knows what he's talking about. And he's done several interviews um, that you can find uh, online, videos that really go into detail about the vaccines, how they were developed, about their safety. Um, and the Mayo Clinic also has like a Mythbusters section on the vaccine, like that it doesn't cause, you know, sterilization and it isn't made from fetal cells and, you know, all the things. Yeah, but we're dealing with people that are like, that still lies. I don't believe them. You know what I mean? Like that's what's scary about it. It's like you could tell these some of these people, you know, you know that water is isn't wet and they'll believe it you know what i mean like it's just i don't oh my god 
Well, it's hard oh, because God. our brains want, you know, conspiracy theories are so appealing to people because, you know, your brains want to organize the world into a way that makes sense and that makes you feel like you have control. And so I think yeah. there's something that's very appealing about feeling like you know what's going on and you have this, you know, information that maybe other people don't have. But, you know, it falls apart pretty quickly under, you know, thorough <laughs> examination. So it's just a matter of, you know, figuring out whether you're going to believe trusted reliable sources or whether you're going to believe you know a youtube video <laughs> or whatever it is no offense since this is obviously a youtube video too but yeah, yeah. you what, know what i mean what kills me is it's like i think a lot of people do a lot make a lot of their decisions you know through fear-based or group mentality you know what i mean like they they um hear their friends that they trust and feel like they are smarter whatever it is and oh i believe what he says he says this that and whatever and they'll ignore the scientists or they're afraid like you know the same thing with religion and 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 other things a lot of people they they find these loca things in life that allow them to feel some sort of comfort but then they don't even listen to what the some of the stuff that they're saying yeah, at times and i'm like that's dude like i i believe there's a god me personally like this is a little off topic i believe that there's a god I don't believe that a lot of people down here know anything about it or really understand like things but at the end of the day there's a, a sense of um being i guess a, a moral is that the word moral i'm looking for type of person somebody with, with compassion towards others and and other things and 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 some of these people that they they oh religion this this is, makes me um uh, a better person and this I'm, god's gonna bring me up there because i believe this that and whatever but they don't they don't act on it same thing with politics and everything else they believe all this crap that they they're spewing to other people like, like how are you going to tell somebody to die off of a, of a freaking vaccine when people are legitimately trying to help people you know what i mean the, the, the people well, that are that that's that's crazy yeah, i understand right. the trust issue but you know Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do. I do want to just jump in and say I do. I have um, over the years really developed a lot of empathy for people who are on the anti-vax side because it mm -hmm. is a fear thing, you yep. know, and they really are convinced that vaccines are dangerous and they really feel like they're mm -hmm. doing the right thing. And especially mm -hmm. because a lot of these folks tend to be parents, right, who were vaccinated themselves but have chosen not to vaccinate their children. And, you know, I think it's always easier to not take the action, right? Like injecting mm -hmm. the vaccine is like a tangible and it feels maybe scary. Whereas if you don't get a vaccine, you know, you don't have any immediate impact. And so I can understand why people are like, yeah, you know what, maybe, maybe not, or like, you know, maybe I'll wait. But, you know, all of the scare tactics from the anti-vaccine crowd, like read the package insert, you know, if you can't pronounce the name, it's like, well, actually, you know, probably most of the chemical that we encounter on a daily basis you probably can't pronounce it doesn't mean that it's bad you know mm -hmm. so i think that it's tough to get through to people but i do understand that people are are operating from a place of concern mm -hmm. um it's just you know when people cross the line to being aggressive yep. um or you know being hurtful towards another person you know that's where i really have a problem yeah i'm a parent too i have a son so like i totally relate to, like i don't i'm not against people having fear you know I mean? that's that that me personally the fear thing i get it's just like you said the aggression aspect of it or when they feel like they're so right that they they, they want to deny everything and then convince other people to follow their lead you know what i mean where i'm like okay dude like you don't understand like the whole scientific aspect you don't understand what these are things are doing to, to your body you're not a scientist you're not a, a medical profession you know i i understand the fear aspect though i i have a son i they, you know the doctor wanted to give my son like four different doses of different vaccine things or whatever it is uh you know booster shots and whatever else 
And I, I want personally wanted them to space it out instead of doing it all at once. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things that I feel more comfortable doing. I, there was times I didn't even want to give him certain things too. You know what I mean? Cause I don't want my son, you know, like with all the autistic autism things that they're putting out there and everything else. You know, I'm afraid of that, but at the same time, I want to protect him. So what I had to do, well, I, I, I had to grow the courage to do it, right? So he ended up getting his shots yeah. and everything else. I did the responsible thing. It was a fearful thing. It was a thing that I, 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 you know, I don't want my son getting sick. You know what I mean? But at the same time, what would be worse, right? If he caught some of these diseases and, 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 and got sick from that, you know? So, so I get it, but, you know, like that aggressive stuff's got to stop, man. Like we all... It's, it's, it's a community. We all have to treat each other correctly. If you want to feel a certain way, fine. Go find your little hole and, and, and live in your little hole in denial or whatever it is that you feel because you're afraid. And I'm like I said, I don't want to belittle people's things. But at the same time, that's you. You don't, you don't have to impinge your, not impinge, but like force your beliefs on other people. If they want to believe it, fine. But, you know, to call some, tell somebody to die from a vaccine... It's like people are trying not to die, you know, and that's that's ridiculous, you know, you know, well, or get I, their family I, sick. I know we're, okay. we're probably off topic, but can I just say one more thing real quick about yeah, vaccines and, and science in general? Um, it's just that I feel like, you know, a big problem that we're really seeing manifest itself in the midst of the pandemic is that our country has been slowly moving towards this like anti-expert um, mm -hmm. framework where like, you know, oh, oh, well, you're telling me that you're an expert and you went to school for 10 years and you've had, you know, 20 years of experience in this area. But I read this thing on the Internet that said something different. So it's probably just as likely to be true as what you're telling me, yeah. you know, and so we've always done this like both sides thing. Like, oh, 90, 99% of uh, climate scientists agree that climate change is real and it's caused by humans. But let's also make sure that we hear from that 0.01% who believe that it's not real so that we're presenting this balanced argument. And I think that we've really gone away from the fact that it's either science or not science, like it's true or it's not. And I think that's what's coming up a lot in the pandemic is that people feel like they're searching out the both sides when really there's not two sides to it. Yep, yep. That's all. It's actually a perfect segue to more of a, this is, I would call this a fact-based fact reason why the vaccine needs to be even expanded to certain people. Uh, one in five prisoners in the U.S. have had COVID now. That's 1,700 dead. Um, one in every five state and federal prisoners in the United States has tested positive for coronavirus at a rate more than four times as high as the general population. In some states, that's more than half the prisoners that have been infected, according to data collected by the Associated Press and the Marshall Project. At least 275,000 prisoners have been infected. More than 1,700 have died. No signs of slowing because the new cases in prisons this week reached their highest level since testing began in the spring far out uh, stripping the previous peaks in April and August. As the virus spreads largely unchecked behind the bars, prisoners can't social distance and are dependent on the state for their safety and well-being. So this story continues on with more of a personal stories like of um, Dante Westmoreland, who's 26, was recently released from Lansing Correctional Facility in Kansas, where he caught the virus while serving time on a marijuana charge. People are actually dying in front of him, and uh, we're, it's, he said it was the scariest sight he'd ever seen. So it's just important to see that these are real people. Like we did a story last week that had somebody who just got um, had their sentence commuted by the, the state. 
it's important to see these as actual people. There's one in five of the people who are incarcerated and they cannot get away from each other because of the way that the prisons in this in our country work. Um, I think it's extremely relevant to talk about how we might need to be vaccinating them as well as a higher so, priority. But we, Yeah, actually, it's interesting you say that because the American Medical Association has actually advocated for them to be in the first tier. Um, and I think in a lot of places they actually are because of the risk. Um, and actually, uh, the CDC um, changed their guidelines a while back about close contacts. And, you know, previously they had said close contacts are anyone who's less than six feet away for consecutive 15 minutes. Um, in North Carolina, we had always been considering it to be a cumulative 15 minutes. But but the CDC changed it to cumulative based on um, an outbreak in a prison because they had a guard who had had limited contact multiple times and infected people. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge problem. And there's been a lot of pushes to, you know, release people and find alternate, uh, you know, sort of housing and things for them to transition back. Um, but yeah, they should definitely be vaccinated early. Yeah, I was, um, I got caught up in a incident a while back ago, way, way long ago when I was young and I was a knuckleheaded hoodlum or whatever it was. And um, I was locked up for three days, right? And then almost three days, two and a half days or whatever it was, right? The environment, I don't know if it's anywhere how, like it was then or whatever, but there were like 30 people in one cell. Like it was a big cell and it was like 30 people. We were down in central bookings. And, um, you know, people laying on the floor and so on and so forth. I don't know what kind of precautions they're doing, but I could not imagine being in a situation like that and, you know, with COVID going on. And if it's anything like that now, I mean, I would hope, I mean, because I'm assuming they're still arresting people. I don't see as many, you know, which is interesting. Uh, even in Jersey, like out here in Newark, I don't see as many uh, arrests being done as they used to you know i know in new york i see a lot of cop cars parked at stations and i don't see too many um you know police chase not chases but like them arresting people in the street like they used to so i you know maybe they're they're, they're um refraining from you know some of the stuff plus they're also talking about a lot of the the financing that you know with the defund the police stuff so who who knows why they're doing their actions or whatever it is but it seems like there are less arrests and more, you know, crimes being committed. Um, so maybe the prisons aren't as populated, but I can't tell you from an outside um, perspective, but it, it was bad, man. Like, I, you know, I came home uh, afterwards and I felt sick because of the thing. I didn't want to eat the food there and everything else. So I'm sure people go in there stressed out. They don't want to eat. They don't want to do this. You know, they don't want to touch anything because it's disgusting. You got all these people there, you know, from God knows how many different walks of life, you know, like, you know, crazy people, um, homeless people. I mean, nothing against homeless and crazy people, but you don't know what they've been through prior to that. You know, you don't know, you know, what kind of diseases or sicknesses they might be bringing into the prison prior to that. And, and, and you're in an environment with 30 people or so in a, in a, in a jail cell. You know, I mean, like I said, I don't know if it's still like that, but that I would not want to be in a situation like that with COVID. It's crazy. Go ahead. Well, this this just tells you about criminal justice reform because I've been in the hole before too. So the hole in New York is the Manhattan jails, the the first booking for Manhattan. So basically, that was what the condition there was. And ye, I understand you're caveating the issue, but yes, 
unfortunately, I saw two bed bugs crawl off the homeless person that they arrest instead of bringing to a facility. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about defund the police. We're really talking about reallocating the entire resources. So it's almost like all of these things are intersecting right now in the prison system. And criminal justice reform actually is incredibly important to talk about now because this is a, it's a showing right now. The, the second person to be federally executed by the Trump administration right now has COVID. So they're trying to go through proceedings right now to block his trial, block his, um, his date of execution until basically right after um, Biden is in office. And which is a, it's a fantastic way to get out. Please, please, April. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like, no, I'm sorry. I just was going to say it's, it's so infuriating. And I was reading an article today about uh, there was an 18-year-old college student, you guys probably read this, that went to the Cayman Islands for her boyfriend's like jet ski competition or whatever it was. And she agreed ahead of time that she would test before she went got there, test when she got there, and then quarantine before she went out into the public. And she apparently decided not to do that. And she like took off the tracking bracelet that they were using to monitor to make sure that she completed quarantine first. And she was out in public for hours without a mask and all of the things. Um, and she's been charged and her original sentence actually was amended to include like four months uh, in jail there. And of course, like her grandma has appealed to President Trump or whatever, saying it's not fair. You know, she should basically be released and returned to the United States. But, you know, you read that and you're you're just it's just infuriating to think that we have people like that who are just flagrantly violating laws because they feel like the rules don't apply to them. Um, and because she's a young, white, you know, conventionally attractive uh, American girl you know, chances are she may actually get some relief from her petition. And then we have all of these people in our country who are incarcerated for years for nonviolent offenses like marijuana possession, um, who are at risk and nobody, I mean, yes, there are lots of people who are advocating for them, but like, those are not the stories that we hear about. You know what I mean? You hear about this girl and like, oh, she needs justice. Well, no, she really doesn't, yeah. you know? Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I, yeah. read a, I read a story the, uh, the other day about, because I do photography or whatever, so I was reading up on some photography stuff. This uh, lady who was a photographer uh, went to a wedding, and um, the the bride was like, thank you for coming. I really appreciate you coming here and everything. And she was like, no problem. It's not a problem. It's like, you know, after, and then she was like something like, um, what was it? She said, oh, you know, after hearing, you know, what happened, she's like, what do you mean? Because she obviously didn't tell the photographer Oh yeah, my my husband can, uh, can you know, got has COVID or whatever it is, and contracted. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> contracted COVID, and um, you know, he doesn't have any symptoms, so everything's okay. This is what she said, right? So 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 the, the you know the photographer is like, what? I'm like, I didn't know this, that, and whatever. So you know, obviously they're having an event, you know, and and you know, there's like, yeah, you know, but she's like, you should have told me this. I would have never done this. And she's like, yeah, but it's my wedding. You know, the whole mentality of the entitlement and everything else. Like this, the, the priorities in this country are screwed up. And obviously, like with the jail system, it's, it's just yet another sign of uh, neglect of humanity. You know, they're not doing the right things for the, you know, the, the, the people in this country. They're not giving them stimulus. They're not helping the people in jails. They're not giving them, you know, all the stuff that 
that that all this corporatist like capitalism and whatever you know environment the way the politicians think and lobbyists you know i'm throwing all these names because it's all related um you know but you get the gist of what i'm saying like their, their mentality is make money keep it going keep the economy going that's what makes them, that's what makes us strong it's not the people and it's like in reality it's the people you know it, it, they've proven i'm going to throw the screwball in there the thing is that i want to persuade people right now that people those people in the prisons matter yep. like that yeah. it doesn't it's not necessarily just the negative action that you did you don't yep. deserve to be punished in such a way that you can't have legitimate health care and health services and i if it's a pandemic they should be helped to be social distance, which un I know for a fact right now in Philadelphia, for instance, they stopped all transfers between, um, uh, between, sorry about this, jail jails, because they want to make sure that there's as little transmission as possible. Yep. So everything is being slowed down in that kind of community of working in law. So that's what I, I want people to realize that these are real people that deserve rights as well. Just because they have committed a crime does not mean that they don't deserve as much rights as we do. And a lot of them might be innocent. You know, they're going in an environment for like, you know, like little things, they're either innocent or they go in there for like a, a silly charge, you know, like forgetting to make a payment on their, their, their um, tickets or whatever it is, and they're getting arrested for that. God knows what it is that they're going in for, but either or, they're, they're, it's we're still a human life. kids in the wrong school district. Yep. yep. You know, yes. There was that mom that was, like, put in jail because she used a fake address for her or somebody else's address to get her kid into a better school, right? I mean, yes, like, our criminal justice system is just... Um, I mean, we really just need to start from scratch because what we're doing now is not even remotely working for anyone. You know, it's not rehabilitating anybody. It's not providing support to people that need it. And we're just locking people up instead of actually helping, like you said. You know, we need more social workers and more resources for homeless people. And instead of criminalizing all of these things, you know, we should be finding ways to stop the, the people doing the things from needing to do them, yep. you know? Yep. It's sinful, man. This whole thing is sinful. The fact that these people are all uh, religious people, at least they claim to be, you know, we're doing the best for everybody. This is the greater good. I'm like, no, it's not, man. It's, it's, you're, you're not doing the things for the greater good. You're not doing it in a sense of like God's watching over your shoulder and you're doing the right thing. No, you're not. Because if you were, people would be in positions where they're surviving and instead like, they're talking about double dip recessions coming next year. You know what I mean? You know, and that's all because of the decisions they made this year. Let's, uh, you know. But they're still going to blame Biden for it, right? Of like course. It's going to be Biden, Biden's fault for the recession when it happens. Of course. Of course. Yep. That's actually his biggest, his biggest uh, problem of being the next president was going to be that there's going to be some recession of some sort that comes after this, it, it, unless there's a buying frenzy and then we've somehow come out of a deficit government, which is fine. Like we have to understand that we need to pay as into a deficit government for a while to deal with a problem that we had as a world. The whole world is dealing with this. Um, I don't know. I Would you like to finally get out of COVID? Because right. it's so hard. This is... This Shoot is one of those things where I, I want the vaccine, man. Give me the vaccine. I want out of COVID. I, I think I persuaded <laughs> you. I think I persuaded you. It's unbelievable. Um, man. 
So let's let's talk about Nina Turner running for Congress because for two reasons because Nina Turner really is seen as one of the progressive the people who one of the most progressive candidates that are, that are out there. Um, people have different opinions on this, um, and also because she's going to be replacing Marcia Fudge and there's a uh, Marcia Fudge uh, who most likely will be the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under the Biden administration. So Nina Turner launched her bid for Congress entering the 2021's Ohio's 11th Congressional District Special Election uh, because incumbent Representative Marsha Fudge was selected for HUD. Um, she's pl- pledging no honeymoon for Biden administration. So she's going with the Black Lives Matter, healthcare is a human right, climate crisis is existential, private prison shouldn't exist, which I just talked about. Everyone deserves a living wage. Um, it's just a positive story in a way for most progressives. Um, I'm actually going to be the contrarian and talk about some of the problems of Nina Turner, but I want to see what you guys are thinking about Nina Turner running right now. I think it's a, by the way, I want to caveat it first by saying that I think that it's important that she did run because she will take that seat. That will be her seat. I like Nina Turner. I I like her, um, the, I don't, her, her, what is it, spunk or whatever, her whole personality about things. I, I, I like Nina Turner. <laughs> really do like I her. I think as a country, we're finally getting to a point where, you know, I think the black community has been saying, like, forever, like, listen to black women, right? Like, they know what they're talking about. Um, they're smart. They're determined. And I think that we're finally, maybe, getting to a place where more people are willing to do that. And so I think that, you know, having someone who is progressive, who is, like, you know, bold, um, who's not just going to become part of the establishment, um, I think that there's a lot of potential for her to kind of get in. And, you know, you were saying no one's going to come in and say, well, I'm holding you accountable, but this is someone who may actually do that may get in there and go, hey, guess what? <laughs> Let's talk about what you have done and what you haven't done and what we're going to do now. Yeah, she was, when she was doing stuff with Bernie and everybody else, she was she was tough, man. The way she talks to some of these um, commentators on um, on these, like, shows or whatever, like, uh, she's tough. Uh, I, I want her there. I want more people like her there. You know what I mean? So she's very tough. That's not – that her, her talk is extremely tough. Um her main criticisms actually have to do with either her running the Sanders campaign or with her time at our revolution. But just to give more background into Turner, she was a Cleveland city councilor from 2006 to 2008. And then she was the Ohio state Senator for, from 2008 until 2014. Uh, she was the nominee for Ohio secretary of state in 2014, but lost in a general election against the incumbent um, receiving about 35% of the vote. She supported Bernie Sanders in his presidential 2016 presidential campaign and became the president of Sanders affiliated group Our Revolution in 2017. So Our Revolution is the real question, right? Our Revolution apparently had issues after she became the leader um, and that they fell apart in around 2018 because of disarray in leadership. And this is actually the main criticism that we actually hear about Nina Turner, which isn't, I don't think it's, um, it's not, a, it's a, it's a good criticism of, of a time period. She probably let them spend too much money on ads, ads and not being door to door and reaching out to certain communities. So 
I I hope that her as just a as a leader, as a person in in office, she doesn't have to deal with that kind of advocacy. Those are advocacy problems. Those are trying to get on the ground level of of the whole movement and try to get more candidates. So I I just want to make sure everybody knows the real. There's there's multiple criticisms of her that are I think unfounded. Um, she is a strong progressive. Like she will say what's on her mind, and I I just like to have the full story of her. Her full story is that she was part of this, of our revolution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody makes mistakes, right? Like you know, things happen. Sometimes judgment is not perfect. You know, it's one thing if the intention. It's all about intentions, right? Like at the end of the day, if her intentions were, were correct, you know, like you can't judge people really f- for their mistakes, right? Like, I mean, it's not like she's doing it to punish people or hurt people in in the process. She just did it. I may have made a mistake in judgment, you know what I mean? But other than that, I think uh, the bottom line, she her intentions were on point. So uh, I don't, well, I'm not going to hold that against say- her. Counterpoint, just because I always like to argue the other Mm -hmm. side is, you know, uh, in order to be a successful leader, you know, you have to have successfully led. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that there are points in her career before that where she was successful in a leadership position. And I don't really know the story with our revolution. I don't know what happened. Um, You know, Bernie 2016 still really breaks my heart. (laughs) So it's hard to, you know, try to figure out where it all went wrong from there. but I think that, you know, in general, our, you know, our Congress, our, our leaders, like we need a shake up. We need people who are going to come in and, you know, have new ideas and to advocate, you know, at the highest levels without trying to fit into the system. Um, so I think maybe that's where she could, you know, fit in and, and really make a difference. I don't know. Yeah, they need to, um, you have to have somebody out there that's actually going to beyond uh, i'm using the stage as a as a, an example but you know what i mean somewhere at a podium or whatever it is and get these words out there in the public so they can start doing things a lot of these politicians they they you know they walk on eggshells what they say you know what i mean like she's not going to do that i i feel like we're going to hear things that the public needs to you know to hear about like medicare for all and and all the other um things that she she represents and you know i think AOC is doing that, you know, but we need more and more people out there doing that in order for people to actually understand what the actual meaning of trying to go in these directions are and the fact that this country could do it if they really wanted to, but we have leaders, you know, we got to call them out, right? So she's the type of person to call them out. And and that's what we need, you know, at the end of the day, you know, hopefully she'll lead better. Hopefully she'll find a, a, a circle that'll help her, you know, progress further in her career and, and, and show people the way, but you know, she's probably still going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's like I said, the intentions at the end of the day, you know, with the person, you know, if the, she's, I think general, um, generally has a good heart and her, and her purpose is to help others, you know, and, and that's all I've seen from her, from what I've seen. I, I, I didn't know much about her until like a couple of years back, you know what I mean? But once I started learning more about her and seeing what she was doing, uh, you know, I, I gained a huge respect for what she's, um, what she's about and what she represents. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> do you want to, do you know, do you want to play the, her, her commercial for, uh, her commercial? Yes. Let's just say yeah. commercial. 
Is to me, those all every ad is a commercial at this point. It's uh, VC2, right? Yeah. I am a daughter of Cleveland. I was raised in this community by parents who worked very hard. My mother was a nurse's aide, my father a truck driver. I can relate to people who live in the 11th Congressional District from all walks of life. I am you. As a Cleveland City Councilwoman, I worked to secure housing for seniors. As an Ohio State Senator, I stood with working families and labor to maintain collective bargaining rights. I led the effort to create the Ohio Task Force on Community and Police Relations. I know that the struggle is real. I want to serve as your next Congresswoman because I believe that everyone deserves a good job, health care, and our children deserve to be educated from pre-K to college. I will go to Congress to help our community recover from the coronavirus, including helping small businesses and those who have been hardest hit. We are going to do great things together. Let's get to work. I am Nina Turner, and I'm running for Congress. It'll also be the easiest seat to win. Yeah, yeah, I, I think she's one of the highest profile progressive candidates there is. So I think that in the end, this is her seat, which is, it, it would be her seat to lose, basically. I, I don't see it happening. Even in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you're right. Because <laughs> there are a lot of racists out there. That's the, that's the thing that kind of draws me back at the end of the day with, with the way things are in this country. I would never think that about half this country supports a you know person like like Trump and his his type of well yeah let me let me jump in though because you know people I hear this all the time like half the country half of the voters like yeah. half the people who voted you know right. voted You're for right. Trump and that's terrible but yeah. it's my my hope that you know more than half the people in the country including people who didn't vote uh, would not have wanted another four years of this you know I think yeah. people are disaffected or whatever yeah. it is but I just yeah. I guess I just have a really hard time believing that we could be in a place where like literally 50% of Americans could go yeah that was good stuff like you know <laughs> let's do it again for four more years so and that's really one of the things that's been getting me through personally i think all the the heaviness of the pandemic right now because it is tough when you know i'm working like 16 hour days and you know just constantly um surrounded by sort of the the gloom of COVID is to think, gosh, but what if we were going through this and Trump was reelected? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, you know, not that not that Biden was like my favorite because he 100% was not my favorite, but you know, we have some hope. So, sorry, just I just had to say that. You know that no, I just it, can't it, believe that 50% of people. Are... And, and you're right for correcting me because you're right. I should have said that. You're 100% right. I, I should have stuck to the numbers. I'm saying it just feels like it. You know, I feel like I've been betrayed by 50% of the country when I saw, you know, the votes. But then he's like, you're right. Not everybody voted, you know. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's true. I, I, I have faith that there are good people in this country. It's just, we'll see. You know, I, I think over time things are going to get better because people are going to see, like, I'm not saying Biden's going to be the solution to everything. But I think they're going to start seeing, like, what it was like you know, before Trump a little more again, and they're going to realize Trump was really a screw up. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll, I don't know. I, I, I have faith that well, some people are going to revert to normalcy a little bit more than, you know, but maybe I'm wrong. But go ahead. What were you saying? 
I was just going to say no I put idea. a lot of <laughs> faith in Gen Z, and it's not really fair to, you know, expect our children to save us because mm -hmm. we failed. But, you know, all of the people, and I work a lot with, you know, high school students, and they are, like, on fire. You know, they are super involved and engaged. They're really well educated on all the issues, and they're, like, not going to tolerate, you know, <laughs> what excuses, basically. Like, they're like, no, we're going to fix this stuff, and we don't care what you have to say so i really have hope that like the generations coming up after us are just generally more progressive more justice focused um mm -hmm. and a whole lot more inclusive so that's where i get a lot of my hope from do you do you think the people currently in power are scared because like I, part of me thinks that a lot of the reasons why they're doing some of the stuff that they're doing is because they see this coming so they're like really trying to gain more and more power, like with the judges and everything else in the Supreme Court, you know. Yes. It's like, it makes me feel yes. like they see this coming. So they're like, oh, you know, oh, communism, socialism, this and that. They're throwing all these words out there to get people more and more afraid to try to get their base to vote more, to get them the, their base to brainwash their children more and all sorts of other stuff to make them, oh, this shouldn't be this way. Communism, like I was listening to the, my son's social studies um, homework because, you know, it's on the computer they actually dictate some of the stuff that, you know, they're reading or whatever. So he's reading and listening at the same time. And some of the stuff I hear, it's like, man, some of the stuff sounds like brainwashing stuff. Like it, to me, it's like they made certain situations that happened in the past, like, like so innocent, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, the Boston tea party, this and that. And like, and when I was listening to it, I was like, I didn't get it when I was younger than that, you know, that, that, I didn't view it that way. It sounds more like they're trying to like favor some of the things that were actually kind of negative about um, our history. I'm not, you know, some of it made sense. And then some of it seemed like, like there were belittling things that were extremely gruesome things that we did in the past. And I was just like, okay. So I, I got to kind of clarify it with my son. Sometimes they're like, look, this happened. Yes, it happened, whatever it is it wasn't the prettiest picture like they're making it sound like in your textbooks. Like, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, make them like totally um, be against like what the textbooks are saying. But at the same time, like think about what happened during Thanksgiving, like during the time of Thanksgiving with the Indians and so on and so forth. Like they, they make it seem like such an innocent thing, but many people died during that period of time that shouldn't have died. You know, they, they, they make like um, us coming to the, this world, uh, this world, this country, as being like we were, we came to a new land and blah blah blah, but the land was already occupied. You know what I mean? So, so it's like it, it, they make these kids believe like it was such a wonderful thing and country pride and patriotism and everything else, but in reality, we did some gruesome stuff in the past. You know, so you know, I, I think well, now these kids have more um, stuff. I don't mean to, let me just you know say, um, I feel like you know there are more resources than for, for them to see the the. Uh, atrocities that have happened in the past so i think that there is more hope but then there's still a lot of people you know that are out there like in their 30s 40s and 50s and and older that are going to live for several more years that i feel like you know they have a lot more power and more say like kids stay in your place type of mentality and uh until they become teenagers or 18 at least or whatever because 18 is to vote right so um you know that's all well and good, but that's like another like, you know, four to eight years from now, you know, for a lot of these kids that that I just hope that, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, there's a lot of us that, that feel um, at our age the way we do, which is good, you know. So I guess you're right in some cases that maybe the transition is sooner than I think, 
but I, I still feel like there's a lot of old fogies out there that that are are pulling the strings that are making you know the situations stay the way it is you know like you know that that changing the news organizations and making them more conspiracy things like QAnon and Fox News and, and uh, what is it, One American Network, whatever, that news network or whatever it is, OAN. OAN. Yeah, so so it's crazy. And even MB, uh, MSNBC and CNN, they do things and they don't let the words, look at how they cut people's mics off and, and everything else. It's like this is what we're dealing with unless – we create like a, a a new media situation where they're actually speaking more and more truths. You know, it's going to be really difficult. You know, they're creating a lot of noise out there. You know, and and, and people are yeah, but I for think it. they. Well, here's what I think. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you have kids, and maybe you know when your kid was little, and you have a toddler, and they like you know just totally lose it, right? Like completely melt down, and they're like screaming, and it gets like louder and louder, and you're. <laughs> like can't handle it for one more second and then eventually if you ignore it they stop you know they just kind of wind down and that like really horrible part before it's over is called like the extinction burst you know Mm -hmm. it's the end and that's why it's so bad and that's what i feel like we're witnessing and hope we're witnessing is like the extinction burst of like the white patriarchy you know where they can't maintain control anymore because they're not the biggest you know loudest voice at the table so they're finding all these other ways to stay in power with gerrymandering and voter suppression and you know all these really unjust laws but i think we're going to reach a point where there's nothing they're going to be able to do to manipulate even to stay in power that it's good their time will be over um and i think they know it's coming and that's where that's what i think that's why i think they get so loud and um so aggressive is because they're afraid of what they're about to lose the only thing that makes so me i believe okay. i was gonna say the only, no, thing that no, makes me, gonna... the only thing that makes me afraid of that whole situation is look at how trump's reactions are with leaving office, it's like he's the type of person that they build a Lego castle in their their vision of what they want it to be, and then we're like, okay, playtime's over. It's time to do the right thing and make the, the the castle for everybody else to play. And then he decides to break everything. You know what I mean? Like that's I'm afraid that the people running the country. I mean, I don't know if that's a good example of what I'm trying to say, but the people running the country, I don't want them to break the country in order for them to to maintain power. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's their intentions with a lot of their decisions lately with this COVID stuff and everything else. If they make it so it's harder for us to educate ourselves, harder to get the resources that we need, then they're allow, allowing us to go backwards. And, and it's harder for them to, you know, because of fear and all that other stuff, like we talked about, people make rash decisions and everything else out there. Um, and it, it, it makes it more difficult to get ingrained some of this positive stuff that we believe is out there. And I just hope that you're right. And I, I feel like you're right. But it's like these people have so much money and power. You know, it's, it's, it's scary, man. I, I don't know what, what they're, they're going to be capable of doing to disrupt what we're trying to do. Like we, we think that it's, that it's going to get ugly and then all of a sudden it's, it's going to blossom into something great. You know what I mean? What if it gets ugly and then uglier, you know what I mean? Because they're just like, no, I'm taking my toys home. This is my way. This is the way it's going to stay. You know, like that, that's, 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 that's the mentality. Like I feel like Trump and a lot of these people believe, you know, like this, look at, um, what's his face? Alex Jones talking about, uh, Trump. Yeah. Oh, I'm not Trump. Um, Biden getting in office, he's going to get out one way or the other. Like, those are the people that I'm afraid of. You know what I mean? Like that mentality of people and they're, you know, uh, 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 excuse my language, shitload of them out there. You know what I mean? So uh, that's what scares me. I, I hope that we can, you know, maybe keep them 
at bay so that we can progress into something else. And then the people that have doubts can see the p potential of Medicare for all and all the other good things like uh, making the country a better place uh, in regards to the environment and everything else. But, but at the end of the day, you know, convincing some of these people, it's like, like some people, like, like they did to, 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 to us earlier, talking about take the, the COVID thing and die, you know, the vaccine and die, you know, like those are the people that you're dealing with. And there's millions of them, I think, out there. And, and that's a well, large well, number. I think this yeah. is just what I, I think it's important to understand that you talked about two different things that are important. Talking about miseducation that occurs because there are basically two major states, Kansas and Texas, that control educational uh, materials. materials. So a lot of these people, a lot of these things are coming out from areas that have a right wing leaning mm -hmm. fundamental. I mean, DeVos is part of this too. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but like all these people are basically changing the way that people who are younger are educated. But luckily there's the internet, which also can invalidate some of those arguments. Um, but the problem is that the internet is also a wasteland. Yep. So we have to be noise. careful of how we allow people to educate themselves with it. Like you have to understand that people are coming from their opinion bases, that there are different ways to inform yourself, that there's first uh, primary and secondary sourcing. There's the fact that, you know, what you're going to get on a YouTube video is going to be a third person source. And you have to understand that. And like, these are fundamental things that we have to keep uh, repeating almost because I don't think that people understand it. Like when you're hearing even one of your favorite people, they're coming at an article from who that was researched and that person did research for two months, a week, depending on what kind of article it is. So those things are really important to know that it's not going to be your first venue of finding information, but also the books that you're given have been changed dramatically to come to a very American, a new American standard of this is how it was. So for Native Americans, for instance, yeah, they died in large numbers. And we're not talking about that on Thanksgiving. We should be talking about the fact that they were given um, the, the, the trail of tears occurred and then they were given blankets with syphilis. Uh, sorry, was it syphilis? I'm sorry. I'm, what, I'm almost blanking. They gave them. It was smallpox. Thank Small you. Thank you. It was smallpox. It was smallpox. So they gave them blankets with smallpox. I mean, like, these are things that really happened to these people, not just the communal things. So it's just miseducation. And I think that you can get to the younger audience, as April just said, you can get to the Gen Z audience. It's harder to get to people who are older. Um, once you've grown up, it's very difficult for you to change where you're coming from. Um, and some people want to. I think that it's important to know that you can. Um, it's just a harder thing to change. You can. I was raised in an evangelical, conservative, you know, Southern household. Um, and I believed a lot of things growing up that I can't believe now that I did believe. But, you know, it's that exposure to other people and other ideas um, and, you know, really kind of reevaluating, you know, your perspective. And I think it is possible. Um, 
but yeah, I think that, you know, we really have an opportunity with the younger generation so that they don't learn all of those wrong things in the first place. Like they don't learn all of the false ideas to begin with. Um, that would be great. <laughs> We've got a chance. <laughs> I believe we do. It's just, it's, you know, I've never in my life thought that we'd be in a, a state of, um, this type of state in this country, you know what I mean? Like that's that's what kind of screws my head up a little bit. You know, I I really believe for many many years that even with all the drama and you know people doing the stuff that they do in this country, that you know we were relatively the better ones in the world. You know what I mean? And I look at some of the stuff that we do and how they've been treated by the government. It's just like wow, man. It's like we're not any better than a lot of these other places that we talk a lot of crap about. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, China this, or Russia that, or this and that. And then I look at it the way we have have maintained our own country, and I'm like, wow, that's unbelievable. We let the the, the infrastructure go to crap. We're not giving stimulus to people. We don't care if people get sick because we're not giving them health care or affordable health care. It's like, we're not that nice. We're not that <laughs> perfect of a country, man. You know, like, I think people get it now. Like, like you know, April said, I feel like more and more people are actually seeing the ugliness and now kind of adjusting and trying to do something about it but um yeah man like 10 20 years ago i would have never thought this country would be like that right this right now but, so um, what scares me is that i did think this 10 years ago and oh. that's what scares me the most i very much uh got a lot of crap because i was saying that things were unraveling and i i've thought about it since honestly um since we went into the into iraq like once we went into Iraq, my mindset on the way that American America worked became like this is a country that loves to go in other countries for oil and for power, and it made me fundamentally think that rethink the way the things were around me. I also knew that the police weren't my friends then. Like by then, I'd already been given the lessons given to most black people you know, keep away from the cops and all of that stuff. And then it started to kind of blow up. I mean, Amadou Diallo happened. That was in 1999, if we're thinking yeah. about it, you yeah. know. So it's difficult. I think that it's it's difficult for some of us because we've been thinking about it for so long. And then for other people, it's almost like it just barraged them. They did not see Trump and the people who followed Trump coming. And they kind of saw the Tea Party happening. They almost thought that it was an apparition. And that ended up being fundamentally, no, they're, they're people who want more of a right-leaning government no matter how it comes. Yeah. I, I heard something about people of color tend to um, kind of grasp bad situations better than um, other races because of the fact that they've been crapped on for so long that it's become a you know kind of no a norm for them. They were also saying... Um, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but I, they were talking about it uh, in a discussion I was listening to, saying uh, the suicidal rate of people of color are less in a lot of cases than other races because of this. You know what I mean? Because of the fact that they're like, oh well, you know, I gotta fight through it. Like they've, they're, they're um, thicker skinned in a sense, if that's the, that that's the term. More resilient, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, so. Um, I, you know, I don't know if that that's accurate or not. I, I have to look at the studies and see if it's actually true. 
But it, it, in my lifetime, I've seen a lot less um, black people or, 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 you know, people of color committing suicide than I do, you know, Caucasians or other things. So, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it's just my experience, but, but it was an interesting thing that I heard, and I can kind of see it. It's like they kind of expect the worst, so they're just dealing with it, you know, like, well, you know, whatever, you know, Trump is this, whatever, you know, this, that, whatever, you know, but if it's, you know, if it's people like, for instance, myself, I'm, I'm a lot I'm, I'm half Sicilian, half West Indian, right? So I'm basically half black, half white, right? I grew up in Manhattan and I was lucky enough to kind of be around a, a diverse culture where, you know, whites, blacks, everybody were all together, you know, and it wasn't a big deal until I came out to like certain areas of Jersey, you know, I never really felt like a awkwardness around uh, certain people. Or in Boston, when I went up to Boston, being followed in a store with $500 in my pocket, like they were thinking I was going to shoplift. You know, I was out looking for souvenirs, and <laughs> the guy following me around like I was going to steal something, even though I had $500 in my pocket. You know what I mean? And and the shirts were like $10 each. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm like, it, it's crazy, man. I... I I don't know. I I could see that though. I could definitely see like, you know, when you're beaten enough. I don't want to say like that as an expression, but when you used to getting crapped on and and treated mistreated or whatever it is, it becomes a norm. Like I I've gotten you know recently more resilient because I I feel like I kind of expect the worst with things in most cases now. So I just work through it. You know, I I don't want to just quit and give up like i said we said plenty of times with the show where we're tired and we don't want to do certain things but we get on the show and we do what we got to do why because there's a greater good behind it and that and we feel like you know what's the sense of giving up you know some people like uh, that i've associated with like they're i don't want to say they're weak but you know the like the littlest thing and they give up and they don't want to deal with life or they want they don't want to deal with work or they don't want to do with this and it just it just um you know, multiplies into more and more anxiety for them because instead of them accepting it for it is and working through it, um, it's it's just I don't know, it's it's interesting. So you know? so I, I I have to so somebody in the chat decided that the, you're trying to attach that you have a chip on your shoulder due to your skin color and the fact is that what he just described is what happens to a lot of people who quote unquote look off to a certain group of people. So what do you mean chip though? I mean, I don't understand what yeah, they, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's important to reference it because um, it's not that you're saying that you're even, you were even looked at, you were looked at wrong because you came off to them as somebody who shouldn't be in a place and that shouldn't be, how reality is in the United States. You haven't done anything wrong until you've done something wrong. Yep. You cannot, he's not saying that his skin color is the reason that there's resilience. What you're, what he was trying to say is that in some, there's an answer, there's anecdotal evidence that people who are black have been black and Latino assign themselves to be more rugged. They, they tell themselves that they're more resilient. I don't actually agree with the fact that I actually think that um, the numbers show that black and Latino people uh, have a suicide rate that is pretty close to the, the national average. Okay. Um, but but I don't have that information right in front of me. So I'm also not going to double down on that. I mean, like I said, I could be wrong. I just heard something about it. I'm just making it. But I could I, but I'm in my mind. I could see that. You know what I mean? 
I'm yeah, not saying I don't, I don't oh yeah, no, I think I don't think they they under they don't understand too that we've been talking about COVID for an hour in twenty minutes. So <laughs> we're talking, we talked about the prisoners who it doesn't matter if you're a, a white or a black prisoner. All of those things don't matter. We're telling you that we need criminal justice reform. We're talking about other things and the fact that we need to talk about the issues in the community in black communities about. See, there you go. So once, there you go. I'm not even going to bother anymore. They put what? pandemic. So that just means that they believe that this, so that's where you, when you go to denial and then I'm not going to go and have an honest wow. conversation with you. Because then that's what's very interesting. This is the ethos of, of some of this thing. If you believe that it's all fake and the people that I know who have passed away or had COVID, then, then you've, Throwing out your argument for me. I just, That's I fine. You're allowed to think whatever you think. I wish they could spend like a day, you know, shadowing the people who are like in the ICU, caring for people on vents, or, you know, even um, with me, like talking to people who have COVID 19. I promise you, these people are not making it up. Like, it's yeah. real and it is really affecting folks. And it's, it's just really devastating to me that we can't come together as a country. This could have been an opportunity for us to all really, you know, find some semblance of solidarity and really care about each other. And instead it's just evolved into this, like, you know, two sides. Yeah. I, I look at it like, you know what, you want to feel the way you feel fine. I'm not going to argue with you. You know, like, when, when uh, God forbid you have to suffer the things that other people have to suffer, mm -hmm. you'll learn the hard way that way. You want to be stubborn and whatever else, you could keep your opinion to yourself or you could, you know, say whatever you want to say. That This is a free country. You could say whatever you want to say. But, you know, it's a damn shame. Like that, like you said, they should take the time to see what's happening. My mother has lost a lot of friends. Yeah, they're older, but it still hurts. You know, just because you want to make it seem like it's little to, 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 to some people, you know, these people could have lived Just another five or ten years, you know, right? They, they might have lived five or ten more years for all we know. But because, you know, they had a previous condition that, that, that now they, they caught COVID because people are out there acting like idiots, you know, like going around spreading stuff and not caring about other people, you know. You know, that's selfishness and, and cool. Plandemic, dude. Like, like, God forbid that's your mother. God forbid that's your aunt. God forbid that's your friend or somebody that got sick and you lose them and you feel that pain that they could have lived maybe maybe it's a, even a year maybe it's a couple of extra days or hours or whatever it is but that's that's their life they would have wanted to live you know like who who that's selfish man that's selfish you know i, I hope one day that that they learn that without having to f suffer from that 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 actually happening to them that's it's crazy these people are <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I'm not even gonna bother at this point. It's just um, there's no reason to bother at this point. We've been talking about how to help people, and it, I'm not gonna let that get derailed. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. So let's switch to our last environmental discussion, which is not even a discussion. It's more like just giving you information about what what's around us and what we have to deal with. Um, the article started with, if you eat mussels, you eat microplastics. And what's mm -hmm. interesting about this is that <laughs> it's not just mussels. It's, it's a mussels were the way to 
to go through the uh, the evidence of this, they took four different muscle types from different areas, and they found out that there's microplastics in uh, specific amounts of microplastics in all of them. Um, basically, if you eat muscles, you eat microplastics. It was uh, limited to extent about muscles in individual ocean regions. Uh, it was a study by University of Beirut, led by Professor Dr. Christian Lafourche. Uh, it reveals that the claims hold true globally. So this is happening everywhere in the world. There are microbeads in every element of, and the reason I said it is that they, they started with the species of mussels, but it's also root plants. It's your carrots, it's your apples, it's anything that has water in it. Um, so the term microplastic, according to the National Ocean Service, refers to any term of plastic smaller than five millimeters. They originate from the breakdown of larger pieces of plastic waste or already microbeads, which are microplastics used in exfoliants and beauty products. So if you're in New York and in a lot of areas that are uh, quote unquote more liberal, they actually banned a lot of these plastics, uh, microbead plastics, because they, regular plastic does break down into this, but also, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Another person? Oh, God. No, it's the same person, but I'm just, I, I ignored them trying to read this article. And, but other research from this year has shown that microplastics are amassing in other sources as well. Uh, Plastic Soup Foundation, a single issue organization focused on removing plastics from both world's waters and other bodies, highlighted two studies one conducted by the University of Cantina and the other by a collaboration between the, the uh, Institute of Coastal Zone Research and Leading University in June. Both studies suggest that fruits and vegetables may contain microplastics by absorbing contaminated water through the roots. So I just wanted to make sure that we have an environmental art, uh, discussion because we don't have a discussion about that at all. It seems like it's mostly been COVID and politics recently. So I just wanted to make sure that we talk about how I have to even change the way I eat. Um, I, I love all of this stuff. Uh, I love fish. Uh, it's the only really thing sushi. that I eat. So I love sushi. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, at some point, it's all got to come to an end for me. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to wind down with this because it's a real, it's a, like a, it's a change in your whole diet that we have to do, talk about. Like, I, I'm not going to change to going that, back to eating meat. Go ahead. Please go, April. I was just going to say, but isn't the root issue really that all these plastics are ending up in the ocean in the first place? Like, that's where it's coming from, right? Like, it's in our yes. water. And so, like, yeah. I mean, is there a way to avoid it? I mean, basically, we're, everything that we eat or consume relies in some way uh, upon water somewhere along the chain, right? I mean, so, like, how do you change your diet and not not consume any of that? I mean, is that our future? Is that we're going to have to deal with uh, contamination from microplastics in some form in a couple of years? Like where we start getting to a point where everybody's consuming it at such a rate that it actually has some negative. We don't know. We actually don't know how it affects us. Like that's, it's one of those things that um, I think time will only tell, correct? Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, my son's uh, Yeah, for sure. I will. I do know that um, having worked in pediatrics for years in a pediatric practice where we dealt a lot with kids who, you know, eat things they're not supposed to, <laughs> that you would be surprised at what the human body can ingest and, you know, uh, get rid of without any 
negative effects, but I don't know specifically about, you know, especially if it's a large amount over time. You know, if there's like this, this small amount of microplastics in everything you're eating, does it accumulate? Um, do we excrete it? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's not healthy. <laughs> if they talk about like certain <laughs> certain things that you um like like the water or whatever, how like the the plastics leach into the water and it can get you sick, I would assume like you know absorbing too much plastic would make you sick, right? So, I, I if it's not something meant to be eaten, I, I don't think I don't suggest eating it, right? <laughs> that's that's the way I look at it. I mean, the the major problem though is that it's going it's in our it's going to be in our root vegetables. So it's going to be in your carrots. It's going to be in anything that, I mean, it's going to be in anything that comes up from the ground and is obtaining water, and can leach and leaches actual, because mm -hmm. different plants do different things. It's um, pretty pretty nasty, man. And it's like I blame a lot of uh, that due to the lack of regulations uh, that a lot of companies countries have or whatever. They don't um, regulate what they're doing with this stuff, especially now with Trump and everything. He, you know, he, he he regulated a lot of the stuff that's going on in this country. Hopefully, they'll fix that. But um, yeah, man, I saw the other day um, a picture of a whole like canal filled with like bottles and plastic that they were like pulling stuff up. I think, was it on our show when we were looking at it? There was something that, um, maybe it wasn't, but I, I saw like it was literally a canal in, in another country and it was filled with bottles and everything else and people were removing it from there. And it just looked, I don't know, I don't know. It'd be nice with all the, the um, technology that we're creating that somebody would come up with a solution for all that stuff that could pull all that stuff out the ocean and actually manufacture something that's like um you know that's not going to necessarily be thrown i know they're making um houses out of plastic and other stuff now like they're they're taking um materials and you know compressing it into like bricks and stuff and creating um i wouldn't i don't know if they're low cost or whatever but they're you know they're using it for other things, but even that, the process of the melting the the plastic is a pollutant. You know what I mean? It, it, it creates yes. fumes and other stuff. You know, so yeah. yeah. Well, and just to circle back to COVID, um, just for fun, I will say I think one of the side mm -hmm. effects of the pandemic has been that we have um, increased our use of disposable single-use plastics mm -hmm. for gatherings, right? They're saying don't share utensils in schools. They're saying kids shouldn't be sharing supplies. Um, so I think we will find at some point too that the pandemic has had an impact on our consumption um, of plastic and disposable materials. I didn't even think of it that way, but you're 100% right, right? Like all the water bottles mm -hmm. that we have here, like you, like between that and the the fact that Newark's uh, water has been tainted for so long that people had to start drinking uh, water bottles and all that other stuff. You think about that plus the pandemic, plus just people not trusting things and they'd rather, you know, oh, I'll go grab a bottle of this instead of, you know, getting some tap water or whatever it is. It's a lot. It's a lot, you know. Just the the human race is wasteful. Look at like even um, in movies, the type of destruction that they do to vehicles and everything else. All that stuff's got to be disposed of, right? Like they blow up a car in a movie. Yes. There's plastics and, and and metals and all that stuff. And like I think to myself, I'm like, wow, man, we really create like a huge carbon footprint in this world, man. Like the entertainment industry is a minefield of waste. Um, 
COVID actually might have a positive effect on that in some ways, but it also will have a negative effect because, for instance, catering used to be you get a a la carte kind of ability to take things. So there was a little bit less ways happening per person, but now everything has to be wrapped up and given to groups of people. So if you're on that kind of, if you're on a larger set, that's a problem. If you go somewhere like what you just said, you have more utensils, you have all this other stuff that you just get now when you're getting takeout food. So yeah, it's, it, believe me, we waste so much there. Like for me, one thing was water. Like, and I mean, they really like when, if you watch a, a film, if you see a really dark ground, that's because they, they watered the yep. entire, they watered the entire ground. Yep. And they do it over and over again. And, and believe me, that's so much water waste. <laughs> For what it, purpose? Why do they do that? It saturates so it the colors. It saturates the colors. Like they do that with photography too. So like if you take a, a photo or whatever, or you just video a photo, you wet the ground, you notice how the, 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 the blacktop gets darker. It allows it to be like a richer color. You know what I mean? So they like that. Plus, it sometimes it creates like reflections and other things that, that people like, you know, for the their, you know, their movie or their photos or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's funny. I've seen that. It's funny that you brought that up because when I did PA work, I seen them do that. They bring these big trucks and they saturate the floors. You know what I mean? Yep, 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 yep. It's yep. crazy. Yep, 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 yep. That's crazy, yep. So does anybody have uh, anything else to bring down the day? Um, I kind of, interesting that we, we were told that we were in an echo chamber. And I'm just like, this is farthest from an echo chamber that I know of right now. Well, that's what the person wrote this time? Oh, yeah, they left. They left a while ago. But that was the last thing that they wrote before they left. I mean... I think in general, I try not to live in an echo chamber. Like I have friends from all points of, you know, all different types of um, perspectives and all points of the political spectrum. And, you know, I've always been willing to listen to a just, you know, discussion or argument. And, you know, I think because I am um, so scientifically oriented, you know, I am very open to changing my mind if I'm presented with evidence that convinces me to. So I feel like I try to, to listen, you know, to other opinions, but I also think that there's a lot of this, you know, uh, you know, false sense that we need to validate, like I said, both sides. So, you know, like, do I think mm -hmm. that it's an echo chamber to be surrounded by people that believe in science? Like, not really. <laughs> I think that's just being surrounded by people who agree that science is real and we should listen to it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would prefer to have an echo chamber like that than, you know, to have a bunch of people who are like, actually, you know, Dr. Fauci is an idiot or whatever, <laughs> like, he's brilliant. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit of an echo chamber, but I'm okay with that if it's, you know, if, like fact-based and evidence-based, I guess I'll say. I, I can relate. I do, uh, you know, I did IT work and everything. So I think technicians, scientists, medical professionals, a lot of people that kind of use their brains to kind of diagnose things and fix things kind of can see things for, you know, okay, I can see why this could be right or this could be wrong. And then when somebody comes with another opinion, they can kind of say, okay, I could see that as well and, and kind of change their thoughts here and there. They're very, um, you know, how can I say, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, we're pliable. Our brains are pliable. We're not pliable to the point where we'll, 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 you know, we'll turn into something stupid. It's more that we're trying to mold ourselves into something better 
and 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 develop it into something better so we can see different ways of looking at things you know even musicians you know artists you know they they all i think feel you know they look at things in a certain way and they're able to acknowledge things and 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 come to to the you know hey this this solution would be better if i did it this way or you know what i mean like they they it, it, it's a different perspective but a lot of people artists are part of the problem like artists artists themselves have such a abstract way of thinking that oftentimes they start to believe whatever their philosophy is is the predominant is is the truth um it's just i i I break it in within that because i know that it's a frame of mind that i have to break out of sometimes is that there are a whole lot of different ways to look at things but at the same time the truth doesn't the truth doesn't really have a bias so um I think that some people want to believe that because they're hearing information from one source, that must be the only source of real information. I think that you are, um, you might feel that way about yourself, but from my experiences with you, that I think that you're willing to listen and see other perspectives as well. I, I mean, maybe in certain aspects of your life, you might feel that way that I don't know about. But from my experience with you, I feel like you're relatively open-minded compared to a lot of people that I've come across in my life, man. Like, like you could tell people and, and then you try to bring examples to them and they still don't get it. And, you know, like, well, I don't know, I'm right, this, then, whatever, Trump this, Trump that, or, or, you know, COVID this, COVID that. I'm like, okay, bro. I'm like, I, I can't, you know, like there's, there's, there's scientific evidence or there's, there's proof that this isn't working the way you think it is, you know, but you still want to claim that you're right. I, I, I can't, if you're in denial, that's something different. If you're willing to at least like kind of see other people's perspectives. Like I, I used to be homophobic. I used to, there were a lot of things in my life that I'm ashamed of, you know, that I, I look back and I'm like, you know, why did I even care? Why didn't I just see it from a different perspective? Why did I, you know, like not, I'm, 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 I'm allowing myself to like, I've absorbed more by being more open-minded and it's made me a better person. A lot of people, they, they, they can't accept the change. They can't accept that they could be wrong that, you know what I mean? It's, and it's just, I'm like, dude, like there's nothing wrong with being wrong. You learn things by being wrong. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, like, you know, the echo chamber comment that, that just makes me feel like, where, who are you getting your advice from, dude? I, I, I sure would love to, to see where your perspective is because maybe I am in an echo chamber, but I would never know because you sound so stupid that all you're doing is throwing these stupid words at people and you're not even explaining your point. You're just saying you're in an echo chamber. Oh, uh, what is it? COVID nation or whatever that, whatever the, 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 the thing that guy said, what is your point, bro? Like, pandemic. what are you trying to plan pandemic, whatever it is. I'm like, I get, I get what it means. But why do you feel that way? Why don't you get a little more in detail on why you're getting to that 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 conclusion? And maybe we could talk to some people that might make you think differently instead of being I'm in my bubble or in my box. And you know what I mean? Like, give me a freaking break, bro. You sound stupid. You know? And and I mean, it's I, real hard. I wanted to be like, don't 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 make me bring my mom's on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she works, and she works. She's a head like uh, she's a head department manager at a at a hospital so the idea like she would just go in on somebody if if, if she had the presence then, of mind to do this so and these people would be saying well she's got a bias that's their excuse you know instead yeah. of instead of saying like 
you know, oh, she's an educated person that's been in, in the environment that actually knows what's going on. Uh, same thing with April, you know, she's been in an environment that knows what's going on. They're going to say, oh, no, uh, uh, you know, pandemic, whatever it is, you know, this, that, and whatever. Shut up, man. Like, you're too afraid to even go check it out. Most of these people are sitting at home. He spent all that time doing that instead of, he might as well have went out and played video, video games or did something else with his time. It would have been more productive than just being on our show talking garbage. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I, I, I can't stand that. Like, I'd rather a productive person trying to be as intellectual as possible, even though they might be right or, you know, wrong, whatever their, their you know, viewpoint is. I don't know if they're right or wrong, but at least try to be like, like, you know, like, Use your brain a little bit, like like turn it up a notch. Don't sit there and just be like, man, you know, this, that, and whatever. Pandemic, man. I'm like, shut up, man. It sounds stupid. It just sounds stupid. I know I sound stupid saying that too. I'll just but, say, you know. <laughs> say one more thing. Um, because my work actually bridges, you know, healthcare and education. So I spend a lot of time in the education realm, and um. The, the name of the show, The Growth Mind State, is really interesting to me because there's a lot of talk in education about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, right? And the idea is that, you know, if we can cultivate a growth mindset, then we can all be receptive to learning and, you know, kind of forming new neural pathways and that kind of thing. So I feel like, you know, the entire point of this venture is to explore ideas and, you know, create opportunities for growth. So I feel like it's sort of, you know, the antithesis of what you're going for here to say that it's like an echo chamber where you're not trying to to hear other mm -hmm. opinions you know what i mean yep, yep, yep. i just i want people to say something that that ask a question if you have a question that you want to know my perspective on or do you or 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 say something that would actually ex excite the conversation into something bigger and better you know what i mean like make it you know people just i don't know man like let's just be well, ignorant honestly, everybody you know, that's actually a good point. You know, if if we should put out more like if you have a question about something or if you have, if you want to know more about us, that kind of thing. Just, you know what I'm saying? Um, we, I guess we don't even talk. We don't tell people to subscribe. We should tell you to follow all of that stuff. So uh, there you, go. you there got you us go. there. Subscribe. So subscribe. We should subscribe. I'll, I'll put the but, little subscribe button but, there. <laughs> Forgot to do that today. <laughs> okay. I mean... I just don't want to. I think that this this show specifically, this specific episode, had a lot to do with just COVID, and we have to almost on like own up to that. Um, usually, we try to do a more disparate show where there's more topics to talk about, but we're really talking about how COVID is affecting us right now, and I it's almost a weird wind down of this year, right? Um, and it's hard because we when we have people commenting that don't even want to acknowledge that it's real or they want to what they say it's a plan and i just got to say like that's so conspiratorial around so many people you really think that anybody wants that many people to pass away you know it just doesn't make any sense it it that's what we need to do is to make sure that people have a question to to ask us or like you know what i'm saying that's our future yeah so that's how people are talking about population yeah, control not... and all the crap what, somebody wrote somebody wrote something somebody yeah somebody's so so the dagda 91 says uh i i don't know almost two years and later and COVID is still going strong he also comment or they commented that uh eight months ago they recovered and they're still smelling 
probably they said rotting flesh, but I assume that they're dealing with the PTSD of being in an ER or an oh. OR no. when there was. Or actually. It, that could actually be a lingering neurological symptom um, because, you know, there's a lot of focus on loss of taste and smell, but actually there's a lot of people that have reported changes um, to sense of taste or smell that can be um, kind of persistent. So it could actually be, you know, sort of a long-term effect of COVID. Um, but I'll just say this is probably the last thing I'll say, but, you know, I promise that I would never choose to, you know, be immersed in, in COVID the way that I am and be working the hours that I am and all that stuff like this. This is not anybody's plan, you know, but it is public health. And I feel like, you know, it's my job to um, support public health and community health, even for the people who don't believe in what we're doing. So I'm going to continue doing that um, and just hope that people will um, come on board and do the things that we need to stay safe. Um, and if they're not willing to do that, that we get to a point where we don't need everybody to do that anymore. Uh, and we can get back to something a little more like normal. April. Yeah, thank I, you. April. I, I guess it's a good way to wrap things up, right? I, I want to say thank you. I, I really want to say thank you because what you're doing is super honorable, and we appreciate you being on the show and expressing, you know, your viewpoints. You know, that is very important, you know, for the topics that we we're talking about. And, and, and I, I'm just saying thank you personally. I'm sure Anthony's, you know, thanks you as well. But um, yeah, like what you just said was, you know, super honorable you know anybody out there fighting to keep people alive and 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 you know keep this um thing at bay like i'm i'm not doing it i'm all i could do is talk about it I, I there's not much i could do other than try to keep my family safe and everything else and keep the people i care about from um going out and putting themselves in, in harm's way but you know like the fact that people are out there actually you know um going out there and, and, and not caring, you know, then they're, they're going to parties and, and all this other stuff. Like I've seen people throwing parties where they're, you know, there's 50, 60 people there, you know, on, on Facebook. And I'm like, yo, these people and barely wearing masks or whatever. I'm like, you people are crazy. You know, you're making it harder for people like you, April, you know what I mean? Make them making it harder for people like you to deal with it. And, and yet they're like, well, it's my life. I got to, you know, mine, 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 me, me, me. And I'm like, what about them? What about the, the families that you're causing people to die? You know, because you're, you, you know, you don't know what happens after you leave that party, how many people are going to get sick or if they're going to be in your family or that get sick. You know, it, it's just a lot of selfishness in this country, man. But, but, you know, selflessness, you know, like people like you who are going out there being selfless, you're going out, if, if I'm saying it right, I'm hoping I'm saying it right, you're, you're, you're out there helping people. Anybody in the nursing or education, you know, which you're both actually, which is an amazing thing. Um, I thank you and I appreciate you. You know, thank you for keeping people safe. You know. Well, thanks. No problem. Say everybody All has right. a part to play, you know. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> just want to say thank you everybody for joining us today. Um, I know this was a very, I would say, heavy show. So thank you all for joining us, and I hope that you come back with us for Growth Mindset in the future. Right, see you soon.